It's March the 2nd, and this is your Monday Microdose. Bit of a mixed bag uh, for you today. I want to start off with uh, a story that some of you may or may not have seen. Um, I think it was one of the more well-publicized cases where a Tesla that was allegedly... Uh, on autopilot resulted in a crash and uh, sadly the death of I think both people that were in the car um, I bring it up not to talk about the the merits or uh, of autopilot or uh, anything like that but the sort of back and forth between the two uh, bureaucracies that we have to handle highway safety. I didn't know there were two. Uh, I had talked previously about the NTSB, National Transportation Safety Board, but there also is the NHTSA. I had to write it down. National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. And that is the group that apparently is in charge of you know, saying yay or nay to things like uh, self-driving or autopilot uh, features. I think Tesla calls it lane-keeping, and rightly so. Um, But there was some back and forth between uh, the NTSB and the NHTSA. You know, how many of these alphabet soup groups do we need? If I can yell from the porch for just a minute. Um, And the NTSB apparently had said that the NHTSA uh, was too hands-off when it came to um, kind of controlling these features like autopilot. And as I read down in the story, I also saw that the NTSB had been critical of cell phone companies like Apple for not disabling cell phones while people are driving. Amazing to me that this coming from the same group that says if a cyclist gets killed by a car, well, you should have been more careful. And I really don't know how to square that. So I'll just leave it with you. Um, kind of amazing. Uh, I've also got a, a kettlebell update, which I'm sure all of you were, <laughs> you know, I've been wondering about. And uh, this is anecdotal evidence for sure, but if you, uh, like me, have had issues with low back problems, I can tell you that uh, at home I have a foam roller, and it's a it's, it isn't all foam. It's a hard plastic cylinder that's got foam over the outside. And, you know, from my shoulders to, like, the middle of my back, it felt like a foam roller. I mean, it never feels great. I mean, I guess it does feel good in a bad kind of way. Um, and whenever I would get to my lower back, it was just white hot, get off of this thing ASAP. And since I've been doing kettlebell swings again that has largely dissipated 
Like I can get into my lower back with that roller now and kind of dig around. Like I said, anecdotal evidence, don't take my word for it. Uh, talk to your doc, make sure it's okay. Make sure you get trained. Um, speaking of which, I, I think I mentioned either here or in writing, I can't remember which, about um, Enter the Kettlebell from uh, Pavel Tatsulin. That's actually available on Prime. If you have Prime, you can just kind of search for Pavel or Enter the Kettlebell, and he kind of takes you through the right way to do all this stuff. Um, and he calls everybody comrade, which I think is kind of funny. So check it out. Now, it's March. To quote C-3PO, praise the maker. And, you know, in the bike business, we always get excited about March. If you grew up uh, supporting a sports team that wasn't so great or kind of sucked, I mean, I grew up in the western suburbs of Chicago and grew up a, a Cubs fan, uh, as much as my dad would like to say that we were White Sox fans, that's not not the case at all. Uh, I was a Cubs fan, and the Cubs obviously were uh, terrible for a lot of years. And what do you do when you uh, have a local sports team that's not so great? There's always next year. Well, in the bike business, there's always March. And because that's when, you know, the weather... We start to get more good weather than bad, hopefully. I mean, I think it's going to be 55 degrees here today in Indianapolis. And with that always, you know, comes rain. Uh, but it's still a, uh, the warmer weather arrives, which got me to thinking, of course, it gets you thinking. I always think about bikes, but when it gets warmer, you really start to think about bikes. And I don't think there's ever been a better time to buy a new bike or to buy a bike in general. And it doesn't really have anything to do with the weather, but just the, the, the number of bikes out there that I would say are, you know, hashtag sensible yet adventurous. Um, I know I've told this story before and, uh, I hope I'm not repeating myself too much, and I also hope it doesn't seem like I'm just trying to reassert my bona fides. I think it was 2004. It may have been 2008, but I think it was 2004. In the bike business, we used to have a, a big trade show, Interbike, and it was, for most of its life, uh, in uh, located and, and hosted in Las Vegas. And it happened in the late or kind of early fall. It was a time that, you know, the season was pretty much winding down if you owned a bike shop and it gave you an opportunity to get out of town for a couple of days, see some new stuff and talk to people that um, you may only talk to once a year. Um, and I, before the trip, I was already feeling a little bit, what's the right word, disappointed? That may not be a, a right word, but I, I was seeing the direction that the bicycle industry had been taking, 
and it didn't show really any t- signs of stopping. Bikes were continuing to get more complicated, complicated to the point where, you know, a, a guy that I had working for me who had been working on bikes since he was 17 years old was finding it difficult to find his way around these new um, systems. And, you know, if a guy who's a professional mechanic is having difficulty, you know, how is a, a, a consumer stand any chance? And it just seemed like it was race bikes, race bikes, race bikes. And there was less, you know, you had to be in a closed system, meaning if you were going to use, you know, Shimano, then it all had to be Shimano. Nothing worked together. There was no backwards compatibility in large part. And I got to the bike show and it was the year that the cyclocross bike was going to save the bike business. Every year or two, um, there's something that is supposedly going to save the bike business. Uh, And so I thought, well, you know, this is positive. Uh, I mean, a cyclocross bike can be used for a lot more things than just cyclocross. It's got clearance for wider tires. Um, you know, especially if you're looking at something like a Surly Cross Check, there's, you can put fenders on it, you can put racks on it, you can put bags all over it. In point of fact, most cross checks, I think, were used as commuters uh, or light touring bikes. They weren't taken out and raced and I got to the show and all anybody wanted to talk about was $3,500 carbon race bikes and you know I guess that was to be expected but it still was disappointing and I came home kind of deflated and that's when I discovered Rivendell which was a, you know, refreshing and a surprise. And I started focusing more on Surly. But especially if you want to talk about, you know, 650B wheeled bikes, there weren't a lot of them out there. Um, There were stories about, I think it was Cogswell, did a uh, kind of a 650B rando, you know, randoneering type bike that, you know, really weren't available anymore. You could kind of find one every once in a while. Rivendell tried to sell a frame through one of the large distributors in the country, and that didn't really work out too well. Velo Orange was kind of just starting to pick up some steam. Um, you know, there was Soma had some bikes, but or, or frames, obviously, that you could build up into bikes but as I remember they didn't really have much of anything in that you know kind of big bigger tire smaller wheel so you know you had Surly and you had Rivendell or you could have a custom built and then at the handmade bike show um, you know kind of that road plus uh Builders started building more of those, and then after the, over the next two or three years, that thing really took off. And now, 
um, there's just a gang of options. My theory and my my belief and the whole reason that I'm doing the store the way that I'm doing it and the way that I do these and the reason I do these videos and is because I believe that the industry has cut out a large swath of the buying public. People that are my age, plus or minus 10 years, right? And yes, if you're 10 years older than me, you can still ride a bike. <laughs> um, you know, you go into a traditional bike shop and it may be a little bit of an exaggeration, but you kind of have two choices. You've got, you know, race bikes, which regardless of their price were designed to be race bikes. Or you've got, you know, kind of bike path bikes. And there's that big chunk in the middle where, you know, you maybe you've been active most of your life and, you know, you want to ride a bike. You want to take advantage of, uh, hopefully, in your area, uh, the infrastructure that they're building or have. And you want something nice, uh, but there just doesn't seem to be any options for you. Well, there are a ton of options. And, you know, I, I would, I guess the point of all this is that if you're out there and you are in that position and you feel that way, don't be discouraged. Do a little hunting there more than likely is someone in your area that thinks the way you do. Not every bike shop, you know, employs nothing but teenagers. There are people out there that still know about stuff and, and understand, right? Um, And maybe you're not going to be able to buy a complete bike. You know, maybe, you know, maybe you're going to buy a frame and you're going to build it up. That's an option too, uh, which leads me to a question. Lots of great comments. Uh, I've been pleasantly surprised uh, and appreciate the feedback that I've gotten from y'all. Surly now has made it possible for me or any bike shop, I guess, that has a web presence to ship frames um, so that you can truly make it your own. But there are a lot of choices. Surly makes a lot of bikes and, and, and there are models that they don't make anymore as complete bikes like the Crosscheck that they still avail uh, make available as a frame set. So my question to you for this Monday microdose is if you were to buy a surly frame, if you can kind of imagine it in your mind, which, you know, a, a surly that you were going to, you know, build up, which one would it be? I'll sit here and wait for the answer. No, I won't. Yeah. Which one would it be? Because I'm going to bring in some frames. I just don't know I kind of have an idea of which one it should be or which one or two, but I'm, I'm interested to hear from you.
that's probably enough for today. Enjoy the nice weather if you've got it. Get out and ride your bike. Thanks, as always, for listening and or watching. And again, keep the comments coming. If you haven't subscribed, do. Oh, speaking of which, um, I put a blog post up last week about bike fitting and my complicated relationship with bike fitting. And I'd appreciate it if you'd go and check it out. Uh, you can go to thepsychicderailer.com. The blog posts are all the way down at the bottom of the page. And if you never want to miss a post, which you shouldn't, because unlike these videos with the written word, I have an opportunity to go back and edit. <laughs> uh, there's also an, uh, you know, the, a place for you on the webpage for you that you can sign up for the email list because every blog post goes out as an email. I try to do one of those once a week, just like uh, with the podcast slash video. Um, sometimes I find it hard. This last post fought me a little bit. It took me a little over a week to get it out. But uh, go and check it out. I'd appreciate that. If you haven't subscribed, please do. Hit the thumbs up. Share it with a friend. All that jazz. I really appreciate all you out there in uh, internet land. Until next time, be nice, work hard, ride bikes, play music when you can. I'll talk to you soon.